Well, come on back. Come on back. While you are making your way back, we want to uh, announce that the wages are on vacation. And so we want to bless them and pray for them. They're in Atlanta with Brian's family. So much needed Thanksgiving time. And so we'll bless them. So, Lord, we thank you for the wages. We thank you for their family and their ministry, Lord. We thank you, God. I pray that you bless them this Thanksgiving as they're with their family, that they would have a time of rest and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. How's everyone doing this morning? Cold? Good? It's funny to see everyone in their, in their cold apparel. I see some people that were still wearing sandals without socks. And I was like, wow, you know, those are brave people. Some people aren't wearing jackets. So lots of... We don't know what to do. We're Floridians. We don't really know how to handle this, but y'all are handling it well. So here we are at the end of the book of James. This is it. This is our last Sunday in the book of James. Woohoo! Right? It's been good. It's been, it's been a good time. We've had a lot of great conversations about James outside of Sunday mornings. The youth have been going through it. I know other um, small groups have been going through the book of James in, in um, more detail, and so it's just been a blessing to go through this, this book. Uh, there will be certificates of completion will be handed out once you get to heaven. So just say, Maranatha Church, that's where I was. Fall 2022, they'll fill it out. It'll be served by James, Jacob himself, actually. So, <laughs> but this morning we're reading the last portion of James, and I asked for a reader to come up. Do you want to come up? So, so. All right. Mr. Sean Sarajoli is coming up to read James 5, 13 through 20. This is one of our fine youth gentlemen. Sean shares. There's a thing in youth where Sean shares the word. Well, he'll, he'll preach every, every so often, and it's wonderful. So this is actually a trick. He's actually preaching this morning. All righty. Oh, wait, wait, which verses did you say? <laughs> 13 to 20 already um, are any of you suffering hardships you should pray are any of you happy you should sing praises are any of you sick you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well and if you have committed any sins you will be forgiven confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save the person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Thank you, Sean. All right. So today is an encouraging message, finally, okay? Last time I preached, I felt like I was really harsh because I preached from James 4, where it talked about being a sinner and adulterous people, and I felt like I was just yelling the whole time. So now I get to a passage where I can be a little more uplifting about prayer and mission and exciting things about what we're called to do as Christ followers. So I'm in a better mood today. All right. So, uh, so this is going to be an encouraging message. And, and I, my goal today is to get us just to be active in two things, to activate us. If you're feeling dormant because of the, the cold weather and you're feeling a little bit uh, just down and out, I want to activate us this morning as Christ followers, two things, to be people of prayer and to be people of mission, prayer and mission, all right? The fun parts about being a Christ follower, prayer and mission. And so this whole book of James, we've been reading and going through, it's, it's kind of like training for a marathon. When you're training for a marathon, you think about it ahead of time, and you do all the steps, and there's some days you wake up and you don't really want to go through the training and the running but you're going to still do it. And so some days you, you showed up here on Sunday morning and you didn't, didn't want to hear about how we're supposed to control our tongue. 
but we had to go through this training of controlling our tongue. We had to go through these different trainings through the book of James. And here at the end, once we get to the end of the book of James, it's like we're ready to run the race. The gun is going to fire, and we're going to run this race. And so when we get to the end, just think about that. We're running the marathon now. Once we finish James, we've completed our training, we're ready to go, okay? And so we'll get to that a little more when we finish. So let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Lord, thank you, God, for your encouragement to us. Thank you, Lord, that you desire to equip us, to activate us, to fill us with your Holy Spirit, and to send us out into this world, Lord. So bless our time as we open up your word. Help us to understand it and be filled with joy and hope because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are, the church. We as a church, we are a fellowship of joy-filled sufferers, aren't we? We We have gone through things, haven't we? As a church, as individuals, you go through things. There's moments of intense suffering that you've gone through. But there's also moments of an intense joy that you can talk about as well. And so they go hand in hand, right? Joy and suffering. And here we are fellowshipping together. And it's sometimes difficult. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes we don't quite sure how to handle certain things because of the suffering in our midst. But we are filled with a joy and a hope that just doesn't go away either. No matter how much suffering happens, joy and hope as believers, it doesn't go away either. And so that's wonderful because we don't suffer without hope. We have a hope that, doesn't, that stays there and keeps us steady. So as a church, we help each other out. When somebody's feeling down and out, we come alongside of them and encourage them. When somebody is feeling really encouraged, we come and help and get them down and out. No, we don't. <laughs> all right, man, you got to calm down, all right? No, we, when someone's uplift, when someone's, you know, having a good time and it's contagious, the good news, and they're praising God. Hey, this happened to me. Wow, please share it because I need to hear some good news. Well, this miracle happened. I prayed for this and it happened. Wow, awesome. And then another time there might be a person like, hey, I need prayer. I'm really burdened by something. You come alongside of them. This is what the church is all about. So beautiful, isn't it? In times of high moments, we're with them. In times of low moments, we're with them. And so in this section of James, verses 13 through 18, is this power of prayer that we're going to talk about. And then in verse 19 and 20, where it ends, it's giving us this commission of restoring wandering believers. So here at the book of James, where it ends, it's going to send us off, where it's that gun's going to happen, and we're running the marathon, we're running this race, all right? So let's look at this first section. In verses 13 through 16, we see this, these practices of the Christian life. Well, actually, this whole passage, we see practices of the Christian life. There's prayer can be a practice. Praise is a practice. Confession and mission, all right? Prayer, praise, confession, mission. And so it says, are any of you suffering hardships? So suffering, what should you do if you're suffering? Pray, all right? We pray for comfort. We pray also... As we wait, because sometimes in suffering, we're not quite sure what's happening. And so our prayers are just waiting to see what the Lord exactly is doing, because I don't understand what's happening right now. And so my prayer is just going to be waiting on the Lord and just listening. Not necessarily doing much of anything, but Lord, I'm going through a hard time. I don't quite understand it. I'm just going to sit back and listen to what, what you are trying to tell me, what you are wanting to do in my life. Now, remember, when James opened up this whole letter, he opened up with this thought about troubles. He said, what, when, when troubles come, what it is it? James 1, 2, and 4. Go ahead and put that up. James 1, 2, and 4, right at the very beginning. We're jumping all the way back at the beginning to remind us. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when you are endured... For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And so when troubles come, it's an opportunity for us to be, uh, to be in the Lord's presence where he will take care of us and comfort us, and he will grow us and develop us and make us complete and to have the faith like Jesus had. Then he asked a question, are any of you happy? What should you do? Sing praises. Praise God. Be thankful. Rejoice with those who rejoice. This is a wonderful thing about church. 
is getting together with people and just like we did this morning, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Just like when Zoe shared last week, what are you thankful for, Zoe? I'm thankful for my mommy about to have another baby and she just couldn't hold it in. She's so thankful. She's so happy. And you all get to share in our happiness as a church, as a family. Then there's another question. Well, are any of you sick? Pray for healing. We call on other believers and elders, the elders who have known authority in prayer and walk in integrity. We call upon them, especially in the times of, of really intense suffering and really intense sickness. We want somebody that's walked through some things and have, has the authority to know how to pray for certain sicknesses and certain diseases. We, hey, I, I need to call on this person. I need to call on this elder to come and pray with me. Then he says, anointing with oil and praying in the name of the Lord. And so the anointing with oil simply means just to, to pour on. Jesus is the Messiah. The word Messiah means the anointed one. And this anointing oil is the symbolic work the healing work of Jesus's ministry. When Jesus came, he came, to, to, he came and lived here. He taught, he had disciples, he died on the cross. He was resurrected from the dead. The healing work of him beating death. And so the anointing oil is a symbolic work of saying yes and amen to all the things Jesus did and accomplished while he was here on this earth. And it's anointing each other with that and saying, Jesus came, Maranatha, and Jesus is returning, Maranatha, and we're going to bless you and pray for you that the Lord would do a complete work in your life. In Mark 6, 12 through 13, Jesus also gives this command, just like James is saying, hey, pray anointing with oil. Jesus gives this same command. He says, so the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick, anointing them with olive oil. So in our uh, lives, in my life, personally, I have a personal story of, of this, is that a couple years ago, my wife's father, you know, Kayla, uh, her father, Steve, was, was sick and in bed and in hospice. And we uh, saw his life um, just slowly g going from us. And so we prayed and we, we asked for an elder of the church and, and Eric Wilson came by and, and prayed with him and, and anointed him with oil. And in that moment, there was this release of the Lord's comfort and the Lord's presence in that moment. And I was able to see uh, this, this beautiful scene where, where Eric prayed and anointed his body with oil. And shortly after that, um, Steve had passed away. And so in that moment, when he's praying for him, uh, I want to say that that was a, a very powerful and effective prayer, because in that moment, uh, we saw Steve go from this life to being in the presence of the Lord. And that's a very powerful and effective prayer, uh, if you ask me, uh, because Steve was holding on all night. You could tell his, his, he was holding on all night. Um, but in that moment, there was a release of, of the Lord's comfort in our lives, in that room, and in Steve's life. And uh, it was such a powerful moment for me. Um, seeing that and seeing, seeing him enter into the presence of the Lord. And so when it comes to this verse here about healing the sick and the Lord will make you well, this verse can be very, uh, I'll just give a warning, okay? This scripture in the church has been misused and abused in the Christian church, and it's hurt many people because I've seen this happen where we've prayed for people and we've asked for healing from the Lord, and and they passed on, and it, and it can be confusing, and it can be troubling. And people have said in the church, and I've heard this, and it's been very hurtful, is that when that happens, I've heard people say, well, I guess you didn't have enough faith in that healing. I guess you didn't pray hard enough. I guess you weren't righteous enough, because a righteous person's prayer is effective and powerful. And so I've, it's very nasty and very ugly. Some of the nastiest things can come out of church. And that was one of those things where it was very hurtful to hear things like that said. And so this scripture can be very difficult um, to understand, but we had a wonderful spiritual equipping class last month where Gary Webb from Christian Healing Ministries came and taught about healing prayer. And one of the things he said was, was super helpful. He said he said he prays for people all the time for healing. It's called Christian Healing Ministries, and they pray for healing all the time. And he said not every single person gets healed right away. 
But he said that doesn't stop them from continually praying and continually anointing because he said, when we pray, something happens. When we pray, God is doing something. It's the Lord that is doing it. It's the Lord that will make them well. It's the Lord's work. It's the Lord that is doing this. And so when we pray, something always happens. And so Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew 7. Remember, James reflects a lot on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And so James, I'm sorry, Jesus teaches on prayer in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. He says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So healings are a gift. When we receive healing, it's a gift. And we are to rejoice with those who have received healing from the Lord. We're to rejoice. This is a gift that was given to us. And we thank the Lord for this gift. We thank him that he has done this. Then after this, in Matthew 8 and 9, Jesus then demonstrates, if you want to read Matthew 8 and 9 later, Jesus demonstrates prayer and healing and deliverance. And he shows his disciples by actually going out and doing it. So Jesus taught it. I know this isn't a lesson on Matthew, but James and Matthew go pretty close together. So Matthew 7, Jesus teaches on prayer. Matthew chapter 8 and 9, Jesus demonstrates prayer with his life. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus looks to his disciples and says, it's your turn. Now you go and do these things. So Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Then in verse 5, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So this morning, I'm, I'm really burdened, and I want to take a minute to pray right now. Uh, I have a, a friend, and many of you know this man, um, that is in, in uh, need of a miracle and in need of, of prayer. Uh, if you know Pastor Gary Wiggins of Evangel Temple, is uh, it has cancer in his body, and they just have asked for prayer. And so um, Pastor Gary has, uh, I've been under his ministry for, for a long time as a, as a teenager and a young adult, and his father, uh, Cecil Wiggins. And so many of you know uh, Gary and, and their family, and uh, they're a church, Evangel Temple is right, right down the road in Jacksonville. And so I want to pray right now for, for healing in Gary Wiggins' body. So if you would just join me right now and, and pray just specifically for him and the Wiggins. So, Lord, we thank you, God, for, for the Wiggins. We thank you for Gary Wiggins, and we thank you for his ministry, Lord, and his, his life and for his uh, mission, Lord, that he has, has faithfully uh, been obedient to, Lord, and the calling on his life that he has been faithful for so, so many years here in this area, Lord. I, I pray for healing, God. I know that there is elders of the church at Evangel that have been praying and anointing him with oil, Lord, and we just ask right now for the healing of Gary Wiggins and his body, Lord. I pray for Kim, Lord, that you would be with her and continually just comfort and give her strength, God, as she is right by his side praying and praying and interceding, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their life. We thank you, God, for the, for the, for the many people that, that, are, that are being saved, Lord, out of this, this ministry there. And so we bless them right now and heal them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining with me. I, I, I needed to pray for them real burdened by them. I know many of you love and care for them as well. So this is what we do as Christians, as church, as the church. We don't stop praying. We are praying and praying and praying, and you don't stop. You just keep going. Because ultimately, our healing and our uh, hope is in the age to come when Jesus returns. And actually, I don't even have it up there 
But in, in Revelation 22, there's a verse here that gives us a hope where there will be an ultimate healing when Jesus returns. The angel showed me a river, Revelation 22, 1, a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. With a fresh crop each month, the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. Let's just rejoice about that. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that there will be no more curse. There will be no more suffering, no more pain at your return, Lord. And that is our ultimate hope. That is our ultimate hope. Because sometimes when we pray for people for healing um, and, and they pass away, it can be confusing. But if everyone was healed all the time here, I mean, we would just all be here still and, and uh, we're waiting for the return of the Lord. And, and if we're all just healed all the time, then Jesus is like, well, I guess you guys are good. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you guys are fine. But no, he's coming to return to set things right, to set everything uh, to, to cure all diseases, to cure this land that's full of sin. All right, next part, confession. All right, real quick. In confession, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. With confession, I would encourage you all to talk with trusted believers about what's going on in your life. There's a lot of things that, that we go through. There's a lot of, um, we, we live in a world full of sin, and we pick up things, our minds go places. And so it's really important to talk to people and confess in your heart, confess to other people about what's happening and, and, and seek prayer and seek forgiveness. If you have unforgived, unforgiven sin in your life, first seek forgiveness from the Lord. Say, Lord, please forgive me. Because I believe that, that uh, sin that goes unforgiven, if you hold it in and if you're holding it in your body, I believe that that can make you physically sick. That, that can actually, it can, can, it can hurt your body. And so confessing that to the Lord, there's a healing that comes with that. There's a healing that he does, but it first takes you saying it, even if it's in your room by yourself, saying it out loud to the Lord. Lord, forgive me of this. In 1 John 1, 8 and 9, we see uh, John say this about forgiveness and confession. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen. So prayer, let's keep praying. Praise, let's keep doing that. And confession, let's do that. So then in verses 17 and 18, we see James jumps to this example of a person who lived a life of prayer an intense prayer, and miracles happened through this person's life. His name was Elijah, Elijah. And so James brings this up. I, I believe he brings it up because Elijah was very well known in the Hebrew scriptures. Like, wow, Elijah. Even when Jesus came, when Jesus said, hey, who do people say that I am? People were saying, I think you're Elijah that came by. I think that's Elijah. And so Elijah was very well known for his, his being a prophet, for being a, a prayer warrior, for seeing things happen. And so James brings this up because Elijah's almost like a superstar. Like, oh my gosh, can anybody be like Elijah? Like, I mean, he was, whew. And James is like, yeah, Elijah was human just like us. Oh, it wasn't Elijah who was the one that was doing it. It was the Lord through Elijah. Elijah was just really faithful and obedient. And you can be really faithful and obedient in your time here and now on this earth where the Lord can look to you and trust you with things and say, hey, I want you to... Um, Pray that rain wouldn't come. Okay, I'll do it. Don't come, rain. And now I want you to pray that rain would come. Okay, you can do it. And so as a believer, I think that you are more ready than you think you are to be a person of prayer and intercession for other people. You are more ready than you might think you are. You are faithful and just love the Lord and you're open to him using you in a powerful way. You're ready. That's what the Lord looks for. He looks for somebody that is eager and excited about what he's doing and wanting to do something. Lord, use me. Do that in my life. 
And so Elijah, he, you can read about his story in 1 Kings 17 and 18, and then also uh, in 2 Kings 1. And we're going to go through actually Elijah and Elisha's life in the summer of 2023. So we'll probably come back to this verse eventually. Uh, but in this verse here in 1 Kings 18, 36 through 37, this is Elijah's prayer. This is how he prayed. Now, in this scene, there was these prophets of Baal who were like, hey, I'll, we're going to pray for rain. You'll see. We're going to pray to our God, and rain's going to come down, and, it's gonna, and, and, and you'll see. There's, gonna be, there's an altar that they set up, and they're going to pray, and that the fire was going to come down and burn this altar up. And Elijah's like, okay, you can try that, but my God is going to do it, and you'll see what happens. And so this is the prayer that Elijah prayed in that moment. And he said, at the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. So this prayer is very, very missional, isn't it? God, you are the one doing it. I am just a servant. Elijah wasn't like, look at me. Yeah, God, you know, you've chosen me. I'm like the super guy here. And so I know that you're going to use me because I'm Elijah. No, I am a servant. So James was like, hey, guess what? Elijah was just like you, a servant. That's what he was. And look at the things that God did through his life. If you become a servant, what kind of things is God going to do in your life? This is where it gets exciting because we can all be servants of the Lord. We can all serve. And so this prayer was missional. God, show them who you are. So then at the very end of James, James 5, 19 through 20, James ends like this. My dear brothers and sisters, my, my servants of the Lord, those of you just like Elijah, human like him, if some of you, someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And that's it. It ends like that. I feel like the book of James, is the ending is very abrupt. It's like, well, where's the concluding thoughts like Paul has where he like, like in Romans 16 where Paul names, like he name drops like 20 different people who are ministry and a little, like a little prayer at the end. Where is all that in James? No, it just ends like, okay, go. All right, <laughs> running the race. We're gonna go and look for people that are wandering away from the truth because... This truth is the truth, and we want other people to stay in it. This was the whole intent of James's letter, is that if there's anybody that are scattered, if anybody are, are out and about that, that have fallen away, go out and get them. So he starts by dropping this, this letter into the center of the church. Starts there, boom, in the center of the church. And all these people that are there listening, that are faithful and wanting to do something, Book of James, there it is. You guys ready? Yeah. And so we've been, we've been sitting here just in our seats, anxious to go out and do something. And now James is like, go and do it. It's a commission, just like in Matthew 10, when Jesus sent out his disciples to go to the lost sheep of Israel, James is sending out disciples to go to the lost sheep of Israel, to go to believers who have wandered away from the truth, that are scattered. And the book of James has been shaping us just like the entire word of God shapes and forms us as believers to be people of the word made flesh. Just like Jesus was the word made flesh. This word now has made us and shaped us so that we can go out and do the things that Jesus began to do and teach. And we can go in our communities and pray for those who are suffering praise with those. We can listen to people confess. We can confess to one another. We can pray for healing, and we can go and pray for the prodigal sons and daughters. And so this morning, I want to end with that in praying for those who have wandered away from the truth. And we have uh, with us this morning, we, we're going to pray for, um, for Steve and Marianne as they go. And we have a video here before, before we, uh, oh, you're looking like, oh, I didn't know this. Pastor Brian, um, since he wasn't here, has, has a video for us to share. And so uh, 
before Steve and Miriam come up, we're going to pray for them. They're going to go to Israel. And so uh, we're excited about that. And it's an answer to prayer for a long time. And so, yeah, we're excited. And so we want to see what Pastor Brian says, you know, since he was gone. He, he was so eager, you know, he, he just wanted to share this morning. And so he made a video for us about um, Steve and Marianne and praying for them. And then we're going to ask you to come up and we'll pray for you if that's okay. All right. Pastor Brian. Hey, guys. Hey. I recorded this video a couple days ago because I knew that I wouldn't be here this morning. But I wanted to say a couple things about this important thing we're about to do. Um, Steve and Marianne have served in our church as leaders and um, have blessed us tremendously through their teachings um, over the years. And But as many of you do know, they are also uh, at heart missionaries to <clears throat> Israel and to the Jewish people as a group. And as Kevin was just talking about it, concluding James 5, um, this heart to share the good news of Messiah with the Jewish people is at the heart of everything that Steve and Marianne do. And they're in a unique position where they lived in Israel for so many years and then they've been back in America now for 10 and they're about to head back to Israel for the first time in 10 years, which is really important and it's really kind of a big deal. And it's gonna allow them to in person, in the land, reconnect with some people that they haven't seen as frequently as they used to, all those kinds of things. Obviously with technology, they've stayed in touch with people, but they're gonna actually be there. And part of what they're going to do is try to bless and support those ministries that are there. Because throughout the land, there are uh, ministries, Messianic ministries of Jewish believers that are doing the good and hard work <laughs> in a very difficult place. And Steve and Marianne are going to go to kind of support them and also want to take with, with them a gift to bless these ministries and the things that they're doing. And this is where I wanted to really specifically talk. We're going to pray right now. Pastor Kevin's going to lead us in a time of prayer over Steve and Marianne to bless this trip. But we also want to be a part of this gift. And if you'll click this link that I've got popped up, or if you just go on our website and find it, but do it soon because they're leaving soon and we want to make sure they can take all this with them. We want to send funding towards this gift. So as they go and reconnect with these different ministries, they can also support the work that they're doing. We have a unique opportunity here to have a direct line connection to a whole bunch of different ministries throughout the land of Israel. And we can bless them directly through Stephen Marianne um, as an agent of that blessing. So I want to encourage you to do that and really please take part in that. Um, I guess I'll just pray really quick myself and then you guys are going to pray in a second. But Lord, we pray that you would bless Steve and Marianne on this trip. We pray that it would be an overflowing with joy and with a sense of your presence. And we pray that the gifts that they're able to bring would bless everyone in maybe even supernatural ways, like the gifts of the loaves and fish that the boy brought, you would just expand them to being amazingly abundant. And I pray that you would bless everybody who gives, and we just thank you for an opportunity to be a part of this type of ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if Steve and Marianne would come on up. And as they, uh, as we're going to pray for them, I, after we pray for them, I want to also pray uh, for each other, that we would, we would feel the calling of the Lord in our own lives to be active in prayer, to mission, and um, so I want to pray for that for all of us in this room. And then um, I also want to pray for any prodigal sons and daughters that you know, maybe, maybe not son and daughter, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's an aunt and uncle, um, maybe it's a friend who was once... A believer, but now they live um, not as a believer. So we're going to pray for the prodigals as well. Um, but if uh, some of you would come up to pray, uh, James and Martina and Ann and Dalton and whoever else wants to come on up and pray, and we're going to we're going to pray for you. Is that all right? I'll just go ahead and stand up and lift a lift a hand right now, and uh, I'll pray, and then whoever else wants to pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for Stephen, Marianne, Lewis. We thank you, Lord, for their their hearts, Lord, for their obedience in you, God. We thank you, Lord, that they are such a blessing. They have such a heart for you, your people, God. Pray that you fill them with joy, hope, peace, and that everything would go smoothly 
according to your, your plan and will for their life, God. And your protection and provision, Lord, we speak right now and ask for that. Stephen and Mary, and we lift you up as you begin this auspicious journey. We ask the Lord to watch over every step that you make in Israel to connect you with those who he has purposed in his heart for you to touch, not only with the gifts that we will send with you, but with the intent of your heart, with the intent of the Lord's heart, that they will come to know the Lord more fully, that they will be encouragement from you towards them and that you will be encouraged as well in your walk, that you will see mighty works of the Lord in this time, that you will know his peace and provision for you, not only in these days that you are in Israel, but throughout the days of your life. Amen. Stephen and Mary Ann, first of all, I pray for ease of travel. I pray especially for ease through passport control on your going into Israel and your coming out. And I pray for no airport jail, no, no problems, no issues, no tension, just straight through both times. That in fact, the officials will bless you for coming and bless you for going. You'll bless your comings and goings. And I pray this time will be a healing for you for every part of you, for your that your spirits will be restored and renewed and revived and refreshed, that there will be miracles in your own lives as you see miracles in others' lives, as you touch others, that you will be touched, that this time will be a time that the Lord will touch you intensely, that you will see him in a new way, that he will reveal himself freshly to you at this time. Father, we thank you and praise you for you being spirit of truth, Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit of God, leading into all the truth. And we know that salvation, Yeshua, you came to the Jew first and to the Gentiles also. And we pray in Yeshua's name that indeed doors would open, Lord, that the living water would flow in this visit, Lord, and that there would be eyes open, ears unstopped, pertaining to how that the partial hardness and blindness has happened, Lord, to those of the land, and when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, all Israel will be saved. We thank you for the truth as to how that their rejection of Messiah was for a blessing, and oh, what a blessing, an eternal blessing, the blessing of blessings, and we thank you and praise you that their acceptance will be such a revival, such an occurrence on this globe and we just thank you and praise you Holy Spirit of God for uh, enabling this to take place and your blessings be upon both Steve and Marianne as they go in Yeshua's name Lord I just pray that you would come and help them in their coming and their going and um, that you would help them financially also spiritually in Jesus name song says you you will be beside us and before us and behind us i just pray that you would protect them before them behind them and beside them and all around them Abba, i thank you that you are the one who opens the door and nobody can shut it lord i thank you that you about you opening up the door for them that nobody can shut. I thank you that you will bring them back in the land. And Lord, I just see them in their faithfulness. They are like a well-tended garden. Lord, you have been planting so much seeds. You've been working in them and through them in this 10-year mark. Lord, and there was no mistake in anything you did. I thank you that you are sending them in the right time. Lord, and I pray that all that you've planted, Lord, the believers in the land who will be able to partake in from it. Lord, I pray that you will give them wisdom when they speak to their friends. Lord, that you will open their eyes to see the need of encouragement being spoken. Um, 
prophetic word being spoken. I pray that you would open their ears to hear your voice so strongly in the land, Lord. And that you will guide them, Lord. I pray for divine appointments. And Lord, I pray that they will be like a fountain of living water that you will pour through them into that land, Lord. I thank you for healing that will take place in their own hearts, a restoration of friendships. Lord, it seems like it was like this uh, cut, quickly cut story, and they're coming back now, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will show them how beautifully you have been rewriting the story. Lord, that, that everything happened on purpose. So, Lord, we just pray that you will even, for them, show them, Lord, what, how much you've healed them, how much you've done in their lives, and now they can come and minister with even greater power, Lord. And we bless them. We bless them, Abba. We pray they will provide everything they need. Lord, I pray that they will see you and experience you in an even greater way, Lord. And I pray that even in their own family, that that visit will bring a restoration. I pray for their hearts as a parents that will be restored, Abba. Pray that their, Steve's heart as a father will be restored. And I pray for Marianne as a mother. Lord, that you will speak healing into that place. When it's so tender and just pray for um, Miss Marianne and Mr. Steve that they would feel your presence. We just pray that you would come. We just pray that the chip, the trip will go well in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that with time and the canker worm has taken away, it would be restored. God, that they left and it felt like a well was closed. God, I thank you that you've taken them back to dig a new well. And God, that they're not only going to bless Israel, but when they return, what they carry will bless the body of Messiah. And in particular, it will bless Maranatha. I thank you for what you've put in them to carry for years, Lord, and that you're going to bring it forth because you know the end from the beginning. So, Father, I pray for increase in anointing, increase, Lord, in their ability to receive all that you'd have for them. And Father, that they may leave one way, but they'll return a different way. Father, I thank you for increase in anointing, Lord, as they speak, Lord, and as they receive. And I just thank you and praise you, Father, for this is the day and the time and the hour that you, they've been called to go back for such a time as this. Just thank you for broadening the path beneath their feet and preparing the way before they even go. In the name of Yeshua. I just want to, just want to uh, bring clarity to some of the things that are being kind of touched on and alluded to. But these two left Israel with a spirit of rejection on them, brought on by uh, governmental authority in that situation, and have felt the call to to be in the land and felt the word of the Lord speaking over their lives as they were leaving, that he who began a good work would be faithful to complete it and that he would bring them back. And they left and they sold everything they had and they left it there, uh, kind of like Abraham going out and, and, and believing in the promise of the Lord in that situation. Um, and this is 10 years later of the Lord bringing things to fruition that he spoke over their lives where they didn't know it would happen and, and they didn't know how it would happen, uh, but they've been trusting in his faithfulness. And in, in, in many situations in which um, people uh, may have moved on and just been like, oh, uh, this door has been closed. I'm going to move on into other avenues of ministry. You two have held on like a bulldog to these issues. Face of, uh, in the face of a spirit of rejection and the Lord is seeing that and he's making a way in this situation and, um, and he's declaring his faithfulness over you and I just hear the Lord saying this is a taste of the other things that I've promised you and the other uh, things that you've been contending for. Um, I, I echo what Martina says, I'm, I'm feeling it over your family and over your children that the Lord is saying you see how I'm faithful in this this impossible thing that I'm bringing back and other impossible things I'm for you on those things as well. So Lord Jesus, 
of things that have been contended for in the quiet, secret place and the patient place, God, and um, and that place of waiting, God. Lord Jesus, that you would show your faithfulness, that you would pour out a great, great, great measure of your goodness, your goodness, God, and your faithfulness in their family. In In this moment, God, that as they go, that every single moment faithfulness that they see in that land would echo and reverberate in the spirit in their hearts God that you have not um, you have not turned your back on on things in their lives Lord God and you have not forgotten the works that were started and the promises that were made God and though the waiting is long your faithfulness is good in Jesus name for if any of you have uh, anyone that you know loved ones that are that are have fallen away from the truth as, as James says going back and, and restoring them and seeing them come back to the Lord I want to pray for them pray for for prodigal sons and daughters and sisters and um, siblings um, we're coming up on the holidays you know and um, this can be a season where it feels uh, like something's missing and uh, <laughs> I you can tell I need prayer for this uh, loved ones that just don't know the Lord and that once you saw them worshiping the Lord and you saw them alive in Christ and um, they've decided to do something else. And so uh, let's pray right now. And I asked Steve and Marianne to pray for that. And so if you have somebody that you're burdened by right now, let's just lift them up in prayer, say their names, lift them up together in this moment and just uh, seek the Lord on their behalf. Lord, we love you so much. We're so grateful we can come to you with our loved ones. And we know that your heart is for us and for them and that you understand how we feel. Lord, especially mothers and fathers of prodigals, you say in the book of Isaiah, I raised up sons and daughters for myself, but they left me. They turned away. They don't know me. Israel is chief among prodigals. And your heart is for them to return. And you say it over and over and over in your word. How quickly would I destroy all your enemies if you would just turn to me? How I long for you to return. Just return. Come back. Come back. So we just call our prodigals back, Lord, in your presence today. And we say, come back. The Lord loves you. He's not condemning you. He's not judging you. He just wants you to come. Come to him. He's the one who can deal with whatever's going on in your life that needs to change. He just wants you to come. Come as you are. Just come. Lord, we lift up to you in our hearts this morning and even name them your prodigals, the ones that you love, the ones you're looking for to come back. And we just say, Lord, would you find them today wherever they are, whatever they're doing? Would you make yourself known to them? Would you remind them about who you are and how much you love them? Would you call them home to yourself in Jesus' name? want to declare restoration. Jesus, you you came to restore things. And we declare restoration over the prodigals, over those who have walked away from you, who knew you once but went away. Lord, we declare restoration. And I just want to ask that you would give all of us in the time of uh, meeting with family members, give us words to speak to those that we love who have walked away from you. Give us words from your heart to speak not just our own words, but your words, which will pierce hearts and cause them to return to their father who's waiting with open arms to greet them and throw a great party and say, my son was lost. This one was lost, but now he's returned. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for our self-righteousness where we look at them and we think we're better than they are where they, they, they sense that when they get around us. They sense our judgment and our criticism. Or would you forgive us for that? We want to have truly repentant and soft hearts. 
Lord, we want your love to, to be so free to flow through us that there would be nothing in us that pushes them away, but it would be your love that draws them near. In Jesus' name. in our lives and I just want to pray right now for us right now in this room that we would just take this mission prayer missional living and live it out so if you want to if you want to live that way then then maybe put your hands up or put your hand on your heart and just receive the activation of the Holy Spirit in our lives so Lord you see our hearts desires Lord you see these people in this room that should want to go and do we want to be active we want to do what you're calling us to do. And so fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord, with, with, with the gifts of the Spirit, Lord, that we may go out and share the good news with those around us, Lord. And we would pray and intercede, God, for others. So would you encourage us, give us strength, give us endurance for this race that you've set out for us. Lord, that we throw off all the sin that entangles us and hinders us. We, we put that sin away. We don't want to live in that way, Jesus. We want to live pure-hearted for you, to see your face, to seek your face every day. Activate us in this room, Lord, to go and do as your servants, Lord, as your sons and daughters who are desiring to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven through us. Do it through us. We're ready. We're willing. Here we are, your servants willing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, well, thankful for all of you and us going through this training manual of James together. Let's go and do it. So be blessed this, this week in Thanksgiving and be blessed uh, in Jesus' name. Amen.